I wanted to see why do people love him so much. And I was watching podcasts that he was in. I didn't finish any of them, but I was what I was doing was reading the comments. And I was seeing comments after comments after comments being like, I'm 20 years old. I was depressed. Andrew got me out of that. And that is a great thing. And that thing. is amazing. Yeah. R-O-T-A. Let, Let me present, present to you the Rotten Podcast. Rotten Podcast. How do you want me to say it? Rotten. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Podcast. We are at number 11. 1-1, one, one, baby. What is freaking up, you guys? This it's is a magic insane. number. We have such an exciting... What's well, it's insane that we've reached episode 11, but it's even more exciting that we have an exciting episode today. I'm actually really excited to talk about the topics we have yeah, going on. 100%. I'll just say quickly, I just checked my phone before we started rolling and I saw on Instagram that J. Cole just dropped a new song. And for me, <laughs> and there's so many people and even some of my closest friends, every time we like a new J. Cole song drops, it's like, it's kind of like Christmas. Yeah. We, we just eat it up and we listen to it. And I'm so excited for when this is over that I can go and uh, listen to it to hear. Oh my God. <laughs> well, hopefully this will be a short so episode funny. then because then you can go listen to your J. Cole. But yeah, so there's a lot going on in the world. I'm trying well, let's to think. talk about us a little bit. Okay. Because I feel yeah. like we never do updates on like what we've been up to for the week. And this week, Matt and I actually watched Megan the movie that was about wow, AI yeah. robots um, coming to life and learning. And it is a little scary, but like honestly kind of exciting to see if that actually happens in the future. I mean, let's hope not. Yeah. Right. So no spoilers for anyone out there who's watching, but the movie Megan was actually really good. Mm -hmm. And um, 
over the weekend, a continual topic we keep talking about is the rain and it was dumping <laughs> over the weekend. And so Saturday I planned a little date, date for night. us and you know, we always love going to the movies. I was looking for one and I saw Megan and I remember a trailer. So I looked up the reviews and the rotten, uh, wh- or what do you call it? Rotten the, uh, Tomatoes. The Rotten tomato score was really high and I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, and so it ended it. up being so good. It was such a great movie. But in other news, do you want to go into Andrew Tate? Because that's massive news right now. Yeah, so today there was a, there was a protest in Greece for Andrew Tate to be released for from him? jail. Like they want to be released from jail? Yeah, they said free top G. I think that's a common term he uses, like top that G. That is crazy. Yeah. It's genuinely scary to see how many people are such massive fans of Andrew Tate after everything that has come out about Andrew Tate. Like before it was all hearsay, but now there's hard evidence of the things that Andrew Tate has done coming out to light. And even Andrew Tate himself had come out with scenarios and words and podcasts and content where he admits to half these things that he's being prosecuted for. Yeah, so if you guys don't know who Andrew Mm -hmm. Tate is, you're living under a fucking rock. No, I'm just kidding. Well, the name I'm sure you've heard, but you Mm -hmm. probably don't know who he is. But he has been one of the most polarizing figures in mainstream media. He came out of absolute nowhere. Literally in 2022. And just set ablaze all controversy. He got deplatformed. It was one of the most searched topics on Google. I mean, it took off like wildfire. And there's so many questions about who he is, where did he come from, what does he actually do? You know, I was just doing some more research about him and stuff like that. And he's a kickboxing champion. He started an online course essentially to teach people how to be the best versions of themselves. It's like a self-help thing for like young struggling men that yeah. need a purpose. It's like Hustler Academy or Hustler University or something. And it's a subscription. And that's how he's made a lot of money, apparently. I was actually just watching a podcast of Dave Portnoy in the BFF podcast with Josh Richards. Mm -hmm. Them interview him. And uh, they ask him all these questions. And, you know, they ask him how he made his first million dollars. And he said by starting a company that was managing webcam girls and having them talk to guys so he made his money by having women talk to guys and solicit themselves online Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not surprising that all this stuff about him being charged and arrested for human trafficking before today because i knew we were going to talk about andrew tate because it is massive news i didn't do much research about him Mm -hmm. i had just seen all the viral tiktoks when he was a tiktoker talking about things that were very misogynistic and I remember watching these being like how does he have such a massive fan base because all of these things that he's saying is so incorrect and wrong and that's not how you treat women but there is a subset of men who feel like they need someone to voice these thoughts they've had and I'll call them incels and for those of you guys who don't know and I don't know if you know this incels actually stands for involuntary celibate so literally men who cannot get pussy pussy exactly yeah and I think For people who don't know out there, maybe we should give some context a little bit more about who he is and some of the things that he said and why he is so polarizing. Number one, he makes these claims 
about women as property. And when he was asked about it on this podcast, I was just listening to, he said, Oh no, I was referring to women as property with my online business for the OnlyFans and the webcam girls mm. I was managing. It was like, okay, interesting. And then as he's continuing the conversation, you know, Dave Portnoy is asking him questions. Why do people say this? Da, da, da. What are some of the wild things you've said? And they start to get into it. He says, well, people don't like the fact that I said if a plane was crashing, I would want a pilot, the pilot to be a man mm. always because under stress, men in a dire situation are more calm and less emotional and more logical. And I would want a man to be the pilot if I had a choice between gender. That is so interesting he says that because you actually think about the male leaders who have led us into war. Are they calm? Because a lot of men don't believe anger is an emotion. So when they say girls are so emotional, men are so calm, they're so logical, men experience emotions just as much as females do. They just experience different emotions, which is anger, which a lot of men mm -hmm. just don't assume is an emotion. And it's funny how throughout the conversation, his what he was saying became more and more wild. He first started <laughs> off saying men are stronger than women. Okay. Okay, that's that's valid. facts. Yeah. That, that is a valid point. Mm -hmm. Are all women weaker than all men? No. But generally speaking and biologically speaking, men are stronger than women. No one's fighting anyone on that. Yeah. That and then bill. and then he went, you know, into this thing about the pilot, which was an interesting thing. Okay, you know, if you gun to your head, would you want a man or a woman in that situation? That's, That's his, his opinion, preference. Yeah. That's okay. And then the thing about the property came up and then he's like, yeah, that was just for business. And then they dived into it a little bit more. And he said, well, you know, I've said in the past that if you're dating a woman and she is using and she has an OnlyFans account that the man is entitled to some of, of some yes, of that money. I heard this. And then Dave was like, whoa, okay, now, now you see that that's crazy, right? And he's like, no, like they are with me. And he kind of was trying to dance around it, but ended up saying they're like, they're mine. And then everyone's like, you're saying that they're your property because why would they owe you Anything. any any of your money? So he says wild stuff like that, which is insane. It is insane. And if you think about what's actually happening with the movement, it's similar to what we saw with Trump. Mm -hmm. You know, that's exactly it's how a I subset of people. And I don't you know, I'm not totally against Trump. You know, I think that there's wild things that Trump has said. I think there's amazing things that Trump has said. I think that in our society, people have a hard time admitting and agreeing that two things can be true at once. Trump could say wild, ridiculous shit. But he also could have some good policies about business. Mm -hmm. There can be things that you like about him. There can be things you can hate about him. It's the same thing with Andrew Tate. Two things can be true at once. The guy says wild shit about women, but he also is a motivational figure to a lot of people that need a support system. Sadly, he takes it too far. He does. But that doesn't mean that he's not a motivational person helping people get better but he's also causing a lot of destruction. And I was reading stuff about schools. So what side are you on? Because right now, if anyone didn't know you, because I know you, of course, I think a lot of people will be really unsure where your stance is on Andrew Tate. Because I, I want to say that I want to say that I think people are so quick to be like, do you support him? Do you not support him? And that is like our culture. And I will say overall, I do not support him. 
But what I'm saying is that I think that we need to dig deeper as to why he's gotten. There's obviously a reason people gravitate towards him. It's not black and white to say, oh, mm -hmm. it's I think that there's something to learn. And why are these men um, needing support and guidance? What is he offering that's valuable? That doesn't take away from all the horrible things that he's he's said. Right. That are completely absurd. But I'm saying that it, it makes sense to have a conversation about let's look into it. We don't need to jump so quickly to, to pointing fingers. And I always try to give the benefit of the doubt before this human human trafficking case came up and in him being charged. I was not a supportive person of him at all, but I could see more why people gravitated towards his approach in life, but not his misogyny. I think that that is fucking wild. Well, it's not just misogyny that he's going through. It's not just opinions. It's his actual physical acts he's doing to women. Yeah. Because he's not just saying nasty things about women. And I know I say nasty really weird. I always get this nasty. nasty. Nasty, nasty. It's not just the nasty, gross, disgusting things he says about women. It's the fact he also acts on these gross violent yeah. crimes against women. So yeah, there is so, up. so there is less like I just cannot believe he's still receiving so much support, even like you had just said about Greece protesting Fucking for crazy. his release. Not for him to stay in prison, but for him to be released from prison. Which he won't be because he's a flight risk because he has so much money. And he has um said multiple times I multiple passports i can go anywhere i want i have a guy that can do this xyz for me like i yeah. can hide i was just listening to him talk about this it's yes. so crazy it's crazy Which he's is like i he's have 20 armed men outside of my house right now he's like i can get away with stuff in this country you couldn't get away with in america are you like you know are you free i'm free well, i have eight passports and i'm and then I'm sitting here thinking, what are you hiding he from? He has literally told on himself. There is oh, 100%. a mountain of evidence against him because he is a talker, and he, which is and the he dumbest loves thing it. you could be. And he loves it. He and loves I think the attention. It's always interesting when someone like this gains such a rabid, diehard cult following. It's because they're saying things that that get people moving. Like he says stuff about the Matrix, and that in itself is what so many people gravitate towards and that's exactly what trump did trump says look at the government they're so corrupt and everyone goes yeah they are corrupt the government isn't helping you they don't care about you and people go yeah they don't care about me and then i think andrew tate is doing something similar he goes the matrix you know people there's a group of elitists that control everything you're not in control you need to be in control of your life the he government has, doesn't care about yeah. you. Everyone who is not where they want to be wants to believe it's not their fault. It's someone else's fault. So that is why he is tapping into people's fear. He is fear mongering being like there are other instances and other people that are the reason why you are not where you want to be. And I will say. Again, before today, I did not do a lot of research on him. Today, I decided, you know what? I really hate this guy, but I should give him a fair chance to like see where he is or see who he is. Because before this, all I heard was his misogynistic things. But I wanted to see why the fuck do people love him so much? And I was watching podcasts that he was in. I didn't finish any of them. But I was what I was doing was reading the comments. And I was seeing comments after comments after comments being like, I'm 20 years old. I was depressed. Andrew got me out of that. And that is a and great thing. And that is amazing. Yeah. But when your narrative is harmful towards women, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous that you 
2023 and 2022, you are literally putting down and not valuing women equally. And he says, no, that's not true. I don't know. And women, it's clear from your perspective, from his perspective and his messaging that he doesn't value women equally. No, he doesn't. And he says that he does. Well, I actually don't know if he does say that or not, because I don't like spend too much time, you know, really reading into what he says. But I think the key thing here. A big reason I believe he built his cult following is because he says that there is a lack of masculinity and they're trying to remove your masculinity. And if you are someone who struggles with getting women or feeling confident and then someone's telling you, hey, our society is trying to remove masculinity and they're trying to suppress toxic masculinity, da, da, da. You're going to be like, oh, they're like what you were talking about. Someone is speaking to my issues. Yeah. It's society's fault. No, I am a man. No, I should have these things. Duh, duh, duh. You know? What's crazy is that Andrew Taya said time and time again, he actually believes his fan base is dumb. He literally goes, he goes, if you don't have a million dollars in the bank right now, you are not a man. You're dumb. How are you so dumb? And it's like, how does he have people so gung-ho for them when he's literally saying you are a dumb human being, you can't make money? Yeah. It's wild. You're even dumber if you believe by paying $50 for his Hustlers University is going to make you a million dollars. I have a big problem with people finding out about these allegations and still supporting him. And I think that to me, that is the biggest issue with our society is that we generally tend to not believe when women come forward and we tend to favor a famous person or someone with influence in the same case with Megan, Meg the stallion and Tory lanes. Now we're getting evidence. You should be able to change your stance on something. For example, with this Andrew Tate thing, and you have these women who are coming forward with text messages, with voice memos of him admittedly forcing himself on them and saying, I am a monster. I liked it because you didn't like it. And I like taking advantage of you and, and, Get over it. I'm I am stronger than you. I'm dominating you. It's that whole narrative and perspective. And he I'm not sure if you saw that Vice published the actual voice messages. Yes, from, where he admitted to everything. And of course people were like, Oh, it's not real. Oh, da da da. You know, people are jumping in to defend him. And I think, you know, we'll see what happens in in the court case, but I think it's such an issue in our society of how we treat women from this standpoint, because how could you still support this person if they are openly admitting and bragging about treating women this way? I agree. Like, how could you be a man? Talk about masculinity. How could you be a man and not want to support women? You know what I'm saying? Like that to me just means you're, you're not a man. You're a boy because a (laughs) man stands up for a woman because that's what we do. You are meant to protect women. Yeah. If you think about masculinity, it is to protect women from other men, which is the funniest thing. I will say that there have been instances where I've seen Andrews Tate's stuff and I totally get it. I totally get, and I actually believe in some of his like financial advice that he gives. He actually gives some sound financial advice and it genuinely hurts me to even admit that. I think it's okay yes. to admit that. I think that, again, that to me is the problem with our culture is that 
you literally don't even feel like you can share your views because of how society has labeled someone and how they have made you believe that you can't share your thoughts. And I think it's okay. Like I'm saying, there's things you can like about Trump and there's things you can hate about Trump. I there's mean, there are can- things I can agree with, with Andrew Tate, but that doesn't mean I'm a fan of him or like him. Yeah. And no one's saying that you are. It's the same thing with me. I'm not a fan. I don't like this guy. Yeah. I, I understand why people like him. He says some good stuff. He has some good motivating tips. He has a good mindset as far as how to believe in yourself and get up and do stuff. I, I agree with a lot of those things that he says. That doesn't mean I support and I like him. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? And th- that's what I believe that our society needs to evolve more as we've seen this whole life cycle with not only COVID, but with Trump, with all of these things that have happened. It's okay to admit that two things can be true at once. Well, what are the two things you think people can't admit? That they like him? And hate him or what are what do you mean by that? I, I'm saying generally as a principle, it's okay to think that there's things about him that you can like and there's overall things about him you can hate. He can be a genius and he can also be a misogynistic person who abuses women. But I don't think Okay, maybe not you genius. Can, That's not can, the right no, word no, no. to say. That's fine if you like. I don't think he's I, a genius because I don't think anyone who's a genius would wind up in jail <laughs> and, and say that the Matrix is after me. So no, I don't think he's a genius. But I'm saying you can. I be- think he's the a genius in the sense of Kanye West and Trump are geniuses because they have amassed this cult following by saying the wildest shit possible. And that is smart. I think the word is they're self-aware enough to understand how to get attention and how to maneuver in culture. I genuinely think he says even worse shit after worse after worse. And it keeps getting worse because he knows he's fueling the flames that his fan base lives on. Confidence is quiet. And when you're insecure, you're loud as fuck. I'm a loud person. Well, you know what I mean. You're very quiet. (laughs) I mean, no, I, agree, I, I mean, agree with he's you. shouting on the rooftops about how masculine he is because he's truly an insecure little boy at heart that without woman wouldn't be wherever where he is right now because he has admitted openly his first million dollars he ever made because he was a broke kickboxer, even if he won championships. I don't know what his financial status was before, so I can't comment well, on that. That's why I'm talking about it. Oh, do you know? Yes. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> before you interrupt <laughs> sorry before he was a broke kickboxer making forty thousand dollars here and there every time he won every six months which eighty thousand dollars is a lot but it's nowhere where he wanted to be he truly made his money by doing webcam streaming which he heavily relied on girls for so really he'd be nowhere in life without females and so it's crazy to think that instead of praising the females that have given him the life that he has now he is literally stepping on them every step of the way to the top of this mountain that he has fallen off of because now he's in jail and i think he'd be in such a different place where he can still be so motivational without bashing women left and right he could say the things that are maybe a little polarizing but to say that it's okay to hit a female and he's openly said this where he said if your female is not agreeing with you and listening to you soccer in the face and it's like jeez those are the things that are like he can say misogynistic things like if i want a female air pilot whatever like wrong that's wrong to say it's his opinion though but you don't have to agree with it but it's exactly 
But to maybe, s- maybe women would say, actually, I would choose a woman in that situation because I know women and I know how careful they are in certain, you know, yeah. needs. And, th- and I'm, but that's okay to have an opinion about which gender you'd want. We don't have to live in this society where everyone is equal and both genders can do the exact same thing because it's, it simply isn't true that both genders have the same thing to offer because they don't. How we've gotten here is through very, very biological differences between men and women. And that's okay. I agree. I always think, I always have to think about it the other way around. If a girl had said, I want a female pilot. Would this and would this reaction would, be as strong? No. No, people would be like praise her for saying exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. So I really I don't agree with his statement about saying male pilots, but I can see why it's not as controversial as him saying I'm going to sock a girl she doesn't listen to me. Yeah. What she has done. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. It's he didn't need to but maybe he did need to really cross over the line to be polarizing. To be where he is today. Probably. Enough on that, though. I think I that that's the most I wanted to give more him. than I wanted to talk about. But I do think that it's very fascinating. And I do think that it leads to a broader conversation about as a society, when presented with new information, people tend to not use that information and they go off of their their bias that they've already developed. I think that's how human beings are. But as a society, we need to get better about that. You know, I heard that you are more likely to hear the first story you hear than the second side. So like when you hear one side of a story, you automatically believe them because it was first to your ears. In in the funny thing and the last thing I'll say is he had been prepping for this. The Matrix is coming after <laughs> me. They're coming for me. They try oh, to take you so out. That's why people are still believe in him because he's been prepping people. Saying he's been pretty much prepping, saying the gov- like the Matrix to- will always try to take you out. You know, it's the same thing of Trump kind of using the deep state. Mm-hmm. It's sort of that global corruption that they're kind of referring to. That there's this society. Are we? There's a whole global conspiracy that elitists control and will take you out of your place if you're out of line. That's kind of what the messaging he's been using regarding the matrix. And so he's prepped this. And then he said, look, (laughs) the matrix, I told you this was going to happen. It happened. Yeah. A genius and a dumbass at the same time. Well, in more positive news, China has reopened, um, which is really big news. The world doesn't really talk enough about it, but for the past three years, they've been in pretty severe lockdown, very intense COVID restrictions. And for the first time in three years, they finally lifted some of those COVID restrictions. Yeah. So there's a lot of positive data with China reopening that has um, some pretty positive forecasts for the year. In Barclays, they raised their global growth forecast to 2.2%, which is very positive because I guess the last time they had a forecast was Mm -hmm. in mid-November and it was 0.5% less due to all the, um, you know, the travel in China. Now the airfare is up. Other sectors are up as things are reopening. China is obviously huge for the economy. huge for the economy. Um, They're what U.S. and China are one and two when it comes to the global economy. And having China closed down for so long was fucking so many businesses up. They are obviously still predicting that the U.S. will experience a recession as growth continues to decrease for the next few quarters but hopefully inflation will continue to get better and um yeah decrease and i think what's interesting is they're predicting that there will be a very strong resurgence in china 
at, towards the end of January oh, during the lunar during the lunar Chinese New Year because this is the first time that there will be mass movement and gatherings <laughs> and families getting together for the first time. So apparently Lunar New Year's is actually the largest mass migration that happens in the entire world because wow. <laughs> it's such a huge, huge holiday in Asia and everything is closed down for a whole month. It's not like the holidays where maybe two weeks out of the year, it's, everything's kind of closed down. It's literally an entire month. Um, but in other good news, consumer prices have fallen for the first time last month in over two years, which is really great for the economy. Well, that's good. I mean... <laughs> It is good. <laughs> it is. I don't know uh, why I laughed at the, so This funny. is great. No, so it, it, everything fell. So if you're wondering like, what consumer prices, gasoline prices fell, supermarket prices fell, eggs did not. We talked eggs about this. Eggs are super high. <laughs> Those are still really high. Egg memes are my favorite still right now. <laughs> Auto Automobiles prices have fallen as well. And Tesla actually made giant cuts on the prices of their cars. Isn't their stock down 80% from last year? Yeah, because this asshole, Elon Musk, decided to buy a fucking Twitter and sell a giant portion of his own Tesla stock to support Twitter. I just, yeah. And I have so, so much Tesla stock that it, it made me so mad. It'll come back up, though. Luckily, He's very, yeah. yeah. Well, I luckily kind of saw this coming with Twitter that I sold half of my Tesla stock at 196. Right now it's at 122. So I'm glad I did that. But I still have like another 10,000 in Tesla stock right now. Baller. No, all on your advice. Remember, I, I made so much money because of you. And I, yeah. I luckily sold at like an even higher price, maybe like seven months ago, too. Um, just because. Smart lady. So, but you should see my other stocks. Some of them are not yeah, too hot right now. I don't even open my Robin Hood. Remember Beyond it's, Meat? We were yeah, so gung-ho about I that. I was so gung-ho. You know why I took a huge L on was Oatly. Oh, fuck yeah. Same. It's at like $2 right now. I, I bought, bought it at 20 Yeah, same. I mean, I'm so bullish on certain vegan companies. I mean, I be definitely believe. I don't believe in full veganism. At one point in either. my life, I did, but I don't. But I believe in certain vegan companies and certain replacements that are better for the environment, better for your health. For example, oat milk to me is so much better than regular milk. It, to like me, it's taste wise or taste wise, taste wise. I'm okay. sure regular milk is beneficial, better for you. It probably has more calcium. There's probably vitamin D more vitamins in there for sure. But the thing is, is the quality of milk that you're getting is terrible and disgusting. <laughs> if you've ever seen those videos of how they're getting milk from these Pussed cows that are Ew, diseased. Don't call them no, no, cows. it's true though. People need to know what they're drinking at least. Like the whole food and agriculture industry, I got a huge bone to pick. I won't even tap into it, but I will <laughs> I don't say. I think we're allowed to. I actually genuinely think it's illegal for people to badmouth uh, products that are have a shelf life. So like vegetables, produce. What do you mean illegal? No, like you know, in Cowspiracy, remember it was illegal. And this is all from me watching Cowspiracy twice years ago. But I remember there was a section there where there's actually a law that they don't actually ever prosecute people for, where if you publicly badmouth these agricultural businesses, it is Yo, like- The FDA is like, yeah, it's is some corrupt. The FDA is so insanely corrupt that people don't even realize. <laughs> so maybe we can save that for another episode. But I was just ultimately saying that I believe that there are good replacement products that are more sustainable and oat milk being one of them. 
Don't milk is yummy. It's so delicious. We should try. To and make producing our own. oats is isn't very environmentally taxing. Mm-mm. I don't think so. But I, compared I, to what a cow, a cow requires, yeah. And almonds also. People don't realize how much energy it's 12 almonds. Twelve pounds of water in almond. That's crazy. I believe it's one almond is twelve pounds of water. Let's fact check that Let's real fact quick. Check this. Okay, not as bad as twelve gallons, but one one almond, one point one gallons of water. And how much milk could you essentially <laughs> squeeze out of one almond? Definitely not enough. <laughs> not um, close. If you, if guys- you were to put a gallon, a one point one gallons of water next to one almond, next to what that one almond would give you in oat milk or almond milk. It would be staggering. Very ineffective. To produce one pound of almonds is 404 gallons of water versus to produce one pound of oats is 132 gallons of water. So that's like a third. So if you guys are drinking almond milk right now, it's time to switch over to oat milk. Yeah, that's a good change you can make. And I wonder what the conversion would be. And we don't have to look it up with um, a cow because a cow is more resourceful as far as, you know, once once you take that oat, you take mm-hmm. that almond, there isn't probably much more you can do with it except for extract the milk. However, with a cow, there are many different things and parts of that cow you can utilize. So the yield of a cow per pound versus an oat, they're not really comparable. So I'm sure it would be difficult to concise that data. <laughs> You know, yeah, I have no but idea. But regardless, overall, yeah, took some L's on uh, Beyond Meat, took some L's on Oatly, and I'm holding because, you know, I believe in the future of it, but I actually don't believe in Oatly too much just because now Oatly's not even my favorite oat milk anymore. There are so many competitors to Oatly now, and Oatly is to me the gold standard. <laughs> I feel like there's always Trader Joe's oat milk in our fridge, though, but it's not Oatly. Not good. <laughs> it's good, but it's not Oatly. See, Oatly to me, is the difference like, is like so minuscule. I'd rather save the extra two dollars on Trader Joe's than Oatly. To me, it's there is a difference for sure. I can tell. Well, but. Matt wants everyone to buy some Oatly stuff because <laughs> <laughs> my stock. Like $1,000 um, worth of holy stuff. Oh, trust me. I had a YouTuber convince me to buy a bunch of tattooed chef stocks at $25. It is like less than $2 now. And he convinced, he has millions of followers on YouTube. This is not Graham Stefan. Um, this is Jeremy, financial advice Jeremy. And I don't want to call him out. But like, I am sure so many of his fan base right now are upset that they bought tattooed chef because it's down by like 90%. I mean, no one can, no one has a crystal ball and could predict no one, the future. It's no one's you know fault. What I mean? It's no one's fault. Everyone's taking massive L's in the stock exactly. market over the past year. If you didn't take a massive L, please let me know your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> It's so sad because I used to, first thing I would do in the morning would be check my Robinhood. Mm-hmm. This is pre-NFTs, pre-crypto. Now I don't even open Robinhood. Over the last two weeks, I've actually been checking every day now. Only because it's starting to slowly go back up. So you might Ooh. you might actually want to check it and see if it's coming back up again. Should I check right now yeah, and see what right I'm now. down all time? Yeah, I'll share percentages as well as how down I was and then how up oh, I I'm was. Oh, I might have been logged in. <gasps> whoa. Things popping? That's a, that was a good whoa. No. No? Not a good world. I'm down 2% for the day. That's why I was like, whoa, that's actually a lot to be down for a day. December 28th, I was down 7.7% on my entire portfolio, which isn't too bad. I'm not mad about that. But if I compare it to how high I was in November 2021, I was up 105%. So I lost 100% of returns that I gained (laughs) Um, and should have sold, but all of us should have sold. I wonder who actually sold. For me, now that I'm looking at this, my portfolio is down all time (gasps) 40.48%. And at the peak, I was up 60.7%. 
in May of 2021. Well, that's probably because you haven't been paying attention to it over the last few months. I've been doing random little things to mitigate my losses. But yeah, it's it's really hard to be a retail investor. And I think people are finally realizing that. And I swear, this is a conspiracy theory that I thought up actually two nights ago. I was like, remember when Robin Hood was so Is this a conspiracy you made on inedible? Probably. Okay. Let's just hear wanted it. to clarify. While I was on an edible, I was thinking about why no one uses Robinhood anymore and why the entire stock market is down. And I know there are bigger reasons why it's down, but I almost felt like financial institutions wanted to fuck all the retail investors by really crashing the entire market so that people would stop retail investing. Because if you think about it, with Carvana and all these meme stocks like GameStop, AMC, Bed Bath & Beyond, a lot of these financial institutions were losing so much money because they were short the stocks they wanted to prevent meme culture from being able to dictate the markets exactly and they wanted to prevent retail investors from dictating the market because i have a financial planner and he takes one point percent of my portfolio every single year but if no one was hiring these financial planners or these banks to invest for them they were losing so much money so what's the smartest thing to do tank the fucking market so no one no longer wants to be on robin hood and making their own choices onto which stocks they buy i mean that's a high idea we call that that's a high idea <laughs> calling that a high idea that. right there i've never heard that before is this an actual thing people call it? I don't know. It's what I've, what I'm sure there's people that call it that, but I, <laughs> I've had some of my best ideas when I'm high. Wow. Um, I ideas. love this. I had an idea. It was a idea. great idea. Sounds a little interesting. Sober. We should move on. Cause I really want to talk about you and atomic habits because yesterday I was sitting in your office with you and you were listening to this audible book and we should get sponsored by audible by the way. Um, <laughs> Amazon. I was listening to this audible with you and I was like, wow, like I've heard about this book so much, but I've never had the interest in actually listening to it. And there were so many, so many solutions mm -hmm. to production that this book went over. And I want you to share what you've learned, definitely, what you're learning yes. and what you think are actually um, solutions people can utilize today. It's funny because I feel like this year I was talking shit about setting goals and I ended up setting so many goals for myself. Yeah. One of them being getting back in my reading audio book game, which do people consider reading books when you listen to one? Because I always had that thought where I'm like, it's not really the same when you are listening to something rather than having to stare. You also process things differently when you're listening to it versus reading it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's considered reading. It's considered listening. I think people call it reading. So I'm going to change <laughs> it and say I made a goal to get through and listen or read 12 books. So that would be a book every month. Oh. And um, that's that's like a really good goal. It's a digestible goal because if it's just once a month, then you can kind of break down, okay, how much do I have to read or how much do I have to listen each week in order to finish this? And then you do that, divide it and do it based on each day. But anyways, I started with Atomic Habits because I had it on my Audible account because I know it was a book that I wanted to read a while ago. And um, it's been so transformative for me. So the overall concept of the book is talking about how powerful small habits are in the compound that habits have on your overall life. Whether they be positive, whether they be negative, small habits are the key to everything. And 
this book has a lot, has a few different key components that it discusses in one of them being how undervalued incremental progress is getting 1% better at a task is so valuable to focus on on a day-to-day basis rather than trying to hit a home run. You know what I'm saying? So for example, I love that. if you were trying to become, if you were trying to hit a home run, people are going to go up to bat and they're going to try to swing for the fences and they're going to try to hit a home run. But this book talks about how you need to focus on the small micro steps to get to be a better baseball player and improve your swing in order to reach your goal. And so there are so many different instances that this book goes through that talks about how to analyze and how to fix your habits in order to reach the goals that you want. And the most powerful thing that I took from this book is a quote that says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And so the entire book is about how you set up systems in your day-to-day basis to achieve the things you want in life. To me, that was so powerful because it it talks about how we could have the same goal to make a million dollars next month. Let's do it. (laughs) But setting a goal, just like a lot of people are in this position right now, they set goals for the year and they think, I did it. I set the goal. I'm going to work towards it. Here are the ways how. If we have the same goal and you achieve it, It's not about the fact that we set the same goal. So we know that setting the goal isn't really the key to having success. The key is the system that you have in place that's going to allow you to get there. Okay, so let's talk about it low level. Okay, so actually examples and things you can do, because I feel like right now you're talking about it in a high level way. But I think people want to know, okay, what is Atomic Habits? So let me break it down specifically for myself Okay, with music, which is something I've been working on for 10 years trying to be a better and better artist and produce music at a high level. I've struggled so much with finishing music, making good music, and it becomes such a daunting task to try to finish a song, finish a project. In the way that I'm implementing this incremental progress is instead of focusing on finishing a song, making a hit, if you focus on the small tasks, write one sentence on a verse. By the end of the week, you're going to have a whole verse written. Okay. Right? Yeah, true. And so you can actually compound that over time. Not only do you get better, but it's the small tasks that you take on a day-to-day basis that are going to help you get to your goal. It's the same thing with weight loss. You're going to lose weight over time as long as you're just getting a little bit better day by day. And it's all about starting slow and starting small. And I think people grossly undervalue how impactful small progress is because it compounds over time. And I've always known that. I've always thought that. When I first recorded (laughs) myself in music, I was like, I sound like shit. But there was one sentence that I sounded like sick on. I'm like, whoa, I sound dope here. I wasn't even saying real words. I was just mumbling that. And I'm like, whoa, now imagine if if I was able to work long enough where that one cool part It was a whole verse that was cool. Then it was a chorus. Then it was a whole song. And for me, I had that vision. And I know it's hard for people to have sort of that foresight and that vision for themselves. But if you start on something small, you can expand it to be way bigger. 
I love that. I um, When I was sitting with you, you were listening to a chapter that really hit home for me. And I don't remember what the specifics were other than if you are setting a goal for yourself, give yourself specifics. If your goal is, uh, I am going to work out once a week. Okay, get specific. I'm going to work out once a week after I eat dinner every Thursday by doing 10 push-ups. When you actually give yourself specifics, it gives your brain a way to process the act in a really bite-sized way. Because like getting your workout in is kind of anxiety driven if you don't enjoy doing it, right? But if it's like, okay, I only need to do 10 push-ups and it's right after dinner on a Tuesday, I can totally do that. And like slowly and surely you build like bigger goals and bigger habits for yourself. But it is like you said, just smarting out really, starting out really small and, and then that's adding called, specifics Yeah, and that's it. called habit stacking. Yes, that's so what he once calls you it. so it's not like, hey, I want to work out today. If you have that goal, you're gonna have so many influences throughout your day. You haven't specified when and how. You haven't triggered the response to go do that action. You're most likely not going to achieve that result. So by having a specific time and a specific goal in mind, mm -hmm. you will put yourself on a way higher chance and trajectory of having success with going to the gym. And it goes down to environment. It goes down to your cues, which cue you to have a habit. So if you come home, for example, and you know after work that you're tired and you take your shoes off and you sit on the couch and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym in two hours. But you know that you get tired and you want to sit and then you kind of just scroll on your phone and you don't have the motivation. Then this book tells you when you come home, the first thing that you need to do is put your workout clothes on. Smart. Because you need to trigger this habit to happen. So it's very, very specific. And there was a study that they did, and I'm probably going to botch it, <laughs> but it was, they had three groups of people. One of the groups was... Um, I actually, I think I remember this uh, group you were talking about because he was, I was listening to it with you when he was talking about it. There was a controlled study where one group had a goal and then another group had a goal, but added specific things they would do in a time and a place. And the group that actually added a specific time and place they were going to do something was a lot more successful than the group that just gave a general, I want to lose 10 pounds. Exactly. So when I heard that, actually, when I left your office, I started writing down things and goals I had for myself and I added specifics. And one of the things I had said, <laughs> okay, one of the things I said for myself was that I was going to wake up at 10 a.m. Still have yet to fucking do it because I actually need to go to bed. What I should have done was wrote, I need to start going to bed at 12 a.m. to wake up at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. Because right now I'm going to bed at like 4 a.m. and waking up at 11, which is only seven hours of sleep. But like it's all fucked up, my my sleep system. So I need to set better goals. But it, it made me want to set better goals for myself where I even wrote, I want to put my retainers on every single time I brush my teeth. Still have yet to do it. But hey, I, at least I wrote it down. And, and so it goes even further to say, where's your retainer? Yeah, that's You actually, need to have your retainer next to your toothbrush because then you're, you're going to actually grab it. And this book really talks about how your environment is actually the most influential for your success because your environment is entirely what dictates your habits majority of time. For example, if you had the retainer next to your toothbrush, you're going to pick it up and your chances of picking up and putting your retainer in your mouth are significantly higher because it's in your environment. 
And that's I'm glad exactly you what, said that. And it's the same thing with going to bed at night. Okay, if, why do you why do you stay up till 4 a.m.? Is it because you're on your phone? Is it because you watch a certain show? Then you know, I need to put my phone down. Maybe your goal is now, I need to put my phone down at 12 o'clock, you know? So it's about taking that's those small goal. things. Yeah. Again, for me, it's so powerful in the sense of, it's not about rising to the to the level of your goals. It's you fall to the level of your system, meaning you're only as good as your system is. I see that. You know, it's like in a relationship. If our our goal is to get married, we're only going to get to that goal based on how we fall to our systems, how we deal with conflict, how we deal with the worst things. Where do we? Where is our system in place to work on those things? Not oh, we just want to get married, so we're going to get married. You have to have the system in place, that is an indicator of your success. Not about how big you think or what your goal is. Um, and for me, that's a really important mindset sh- mindset shift. I'm really glad you said the retainer thing because I actually didn't wear my retainer because I couldn't find my retainers because they were in my, wor- not my workout bag, but my bag that you I took to I don't have a Sacramento. workout bag. I know, I know. That's why I was like, why, do, why am I saying this? I don't work. <laughs> what are you talking about? I do my horseback riding. I actually have my horseback riding bag. And I actually did check it because I did bring it to horseback riding once. And it was the worst idea ever because while you're riding a horse my and you're wearing my Invisaligns, your mouth kind of gets dry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, Sounds- the entire time I was riding and just paying attention to how dry my mouth felt than actually like paying attention to where my horse was looking. And he ended up bucking me off because I was like so like tensely like, trying to like get my dry mouth out of my mouth so i technically did leave it in my workout bag there you go yeah it was there my horse go. bag overall i'm not even done with the book maybe i'm halfway through not even but i'm really enjoying it that's where a lot of people struggle yeah. in life is that they want to have success but they look at it as this huge mountain and it's so easy to look at the people who are doing it the best and, and say i want to be like them i want to have that you need to really Dive into what is the system to actually get there. You have to get better and better slowly at small things. It's like Kobe Bryant put so much work in (laughs) on his free throw, on his jump shot, on his footwork. People nowadays, kids just see someone and they go, I want to be like that. I'm going to do that. But they, they undervalue the small steps in actually taking the time to build a real skill set. Yeah, I think with today's culture hard work isn't something a lot of people value anymore because they see quick success with tiktokers being famous within weeks like bella porch flew off in less than like six months she just popped off to like 20 million on tiktok and same with another girl named alex earl on tiktok right now who's really popping off so like it there is this like fundamental there's never been an easier time to bullshit your dreams yeah There has never been an easier time to bullshit your dreams because there is someone in every field and sector that has gotten lucky and that experience has been incredibly over-advertised and and glamorized in our culture. And if you actually were to break down the numbers of success in these different sectors, whether it be a TikTok dance star, whether it be a musician, (laughs) the rates are probably insanely low you have just the same amount of chance as winning the fucking lottery (laughs) you know yeah so that's why i think that that also contributes to the negative society we have with people being unhappy people don't value the work and the journey and i'm someone who struggled with that 
Yeah, I mean, I know that we both struggle with ADHD and there are some like crutches or disabilities that people just are like use as excuses as to not work hard, right? Mm -hmm. I find myself sometimes being like, oh, it's my ADHD, I can't do any work today. Like my mind's out everywhere, but it's not really an excuse once you're aware of it. Yeah, and so, 100%. Like this is really dumb, but I remember when I finally got diagnosed with ADHD and I was prescribed Ritalin. That first time I took Ritalin, everything felt so clear and, and it helped in so many ways, but I still find myself struggling with feeling productive and being productive, even though I finally figured out the reason as to why I'm not as productive as other people. But I kind of use it as a crush, like, oh, my like, ADHD is strong today or something like that. But it's not really an excuse. Yeah, that's so funny. I've never actually used that as an excuse like internally internally i, do. I have I my own bullshit. no yet. no i'm saying internally i haven't used that one. Oh, and mind you i have a ton of internal bullshit i'm just <laughs> saying that that one specifically never crossed my mind because for me i was diagnosed with adhd when i was a kid i was rambunctious i was a you know class clown getting in trouble in junior high i one time got suspended for having too many detentions <gasps> i had the most detentions in uh, Wood Oaks Junior High at the time. And they gave me a suspension what one time. What would you get detentions for? You know, talking, call, talking back, <laughs> being a nuisance, making jokes, making people laugh, maybe throwing stuff, being witty with the teachers. Dang. You know, just kind of, it, it, just a little nuisance. Then in high school, I wasn't really like a nuisance, but I was just, you know, I was going through some things with my family and, you know, I was the heaviest I've ever been and, I had a hard time with school, like actually paying attention and doing the grades or paying attention and doing well. In my hometown, there was so much pressure with where you went to college and who you were going to become from such an early age that I have friends that their parents forced them to apply to schools just so they could say that they got in, even though they didn't want to go. Oh, One of my best friend's parents made him apply to U of I just to say that he got into U of I and he never was planning on going, never was going to go, didn't go. But like that is part of the culture I where mean, it's very. I think I did the same thing because I applied to UC Davis. I knew I was going to get in, but I never wanted to go. But UCLA and UC Berkeley were my three top schools that I wanted to go to. And I got into all of them, but I knew like I didn't want to go to UC Davis, but I knew I would get in. I think it's like yeah. very normal to have like this backup school or maybe. But that was your decision. You had it as a backup. Oh. This was a parent making their child doing it just to say that their child got in. Okay. Even though they know that the child was going to go to a different school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was more of a parent sort of Mr. Keeping up with the Joneses type of. Showing off their kid. Yeah. Yeah. To a say, lot of parents have pride in how smart. And they should. And well to do I mean, do their shit. Child. Yeah. Like with Theo, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm so proud when he sits, lays down, get, puts his paw up. I'm like, this is, you know, the result of my work. So yeah. it's a, you know, it. I, I totally understand it. But where I was going with it, I had a hard time with school and I didn't do that well. They always tell you junior year is so stressful. You have to pass the the constitution. You have to apply to schools. You're, this is going to be the, the year that. Constitution. Didn't you have to, not the constitution. What is it? They make you pass. SATs? No. ACTs? GED? No. They make you pass something. exit in, exam? They make you at least where I. Yeah. What the Thank fuck? you, Callie. This they is this is might be an Illinois thing. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe having a, a Midwest thing. Um, but anyways, a lot of pressure. Junior year, you're applying to schools. It's going to be the last year they really look at. 
in the first semester of junior year, I failed one of my classes and I also ended up with a 1.6 grade point average. 1.6. 1.6. How? Were you even I trying? failed a class. I was fucking off, smoking weed, leaving school, sneaking out with Tadis. Like <laughs> we, you know, I just. I heard the stories. Yeah. And I just did not do well. Okay. And um, that was the worst I've ever done in school when it mattered the, the most. most. Wow. And so I think, I can't even remember exactly, but I know that my parents were uh, what's going on. And, you know, and I think maybe the guidance counselor was like, maybe Matthew has a problem paying attention. So they made me go to see some therapist um, or some psychiatrist. And he was like, yeah, you definitely have ADHD. We want to try you on different medications. And they put me on 60 milligrams of Vyvanse. And so 60 I took 60 milligrams. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. Is I don't, it not? I, I've heard like it is, but it's also not for a lot of people that take okay. it. So it's all, it's always a sliding scale. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, tolerance and depending on your needs. Um, but it is a lot. If you were to take a 60 milligram dose of Vyvanse right now, you would be methed and coked <laughs> out is what it would feel like. You'd just be on one. I went from a 1.6 grade point average when it mattered the most. I did the worst got put on Vyvanse, 60 milligrams, and I more than doubled my grade point average junior year. I went from a 1.6 to a 3.6. Because of Vyvanse. Because of my ADHD, which is wild. And I only took it that one semester. I didn't take it in the summer, and I did not take it my senior year because it made me a zombie. My friends were like, what's going on with you? I would just walk straight. I wouldn't even go. We had this place called The Sack which is where people would hang out. There was a TV, there was couches, you'd go. We had 10 minute passing periods. People would hang out there. I would go straight to class and put out a notebook and be ready. But actually what it, it really helped me learn how to learn, which I think is so valuable because if it, I struggle with sitting there and sitting still and taking notes and comprehending and paying attention, that this forced me to find enjoyment in paying attention, taking notes, understanding how to learn if that makes sense yeah that's insane I mean I do notice that when both of us are either on Ritalin or Adderall just because both of us do have ADHD we are we are not too good with one another or as patient or kind to one another and it really zombies you out it really makes you feel like I'm very chill but too chill where I just like don't even care anymore at least that's how I feel (laughs) <laughs> I don't feel that way really? at all. Yeah. But also I was also put on Wellbutrin, which is like it's it's actually a um antidepressant, but apparently another side effect of Wellbutrin is that it helps ADHD patients. But I no longer take Wellbutrin. I'm just on Ritalin and I only take those on the days where like I know I have a lot of work. But yeah, like I didn't know that story. I didn't really understand that you had to, a 1.6 GPA, like, geez, I would have, we would have never dated in high school. You know how your people will be like, do you think we'd ever date in high school? I don't, we would have never, yeah. you would have hated me. I would have hated you, but look at us now. We're working yeah. out. I mean, it's funny how that happens. You know, even just looking at mainstream society and you look at a guy like machine gun Kelly, who's dating Megan Fox, you would be like, they would they have never, would dated never been school. a pair. But now I feel like culture has shifted so much where those things are more normal. 
back to our conversation about the different generation being more expressive and how that's yeah. become more of a cool thing. You have a guy like Pete Davidson who's fucking every A-list super model under the sun from Kim Kardashian to Ariana Grande to who, who Emily Radjowski. I don't even know how to say her last <laughs> name. Radjowski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's dating some really hot girls. But really quickly, I do want to move on and talk about our NFT because we haven't talked about it in a little while. And for those of you guys who don't know and are new, we actually have an NFT project called Runaways of the Neville World, which is why. Rotten for, for short rotten is for the abbreviation. Short. We actually just announced the hideout huddle and our hideout huddle is a place where if you are a holder every other week, we just do a little quick roundup where we just talk to all the holders all at once. No one else is allowed to come in where we talk about things we can work on and things we can change and ideas that we all have. Backing up for people, this is the power of Web3, which is... Being able to connect with your consumers, your holders, your investors at a deeper level, this is what makes the blockchain technology so valuable. So for example, we have people that invested into our NFT project. We have a really streamlined way of communicating with them and it's how we rolled out this quote unquote hideout huddle and you can literally view it as a board meeting between the team, which is us, mm -hmm. and our community of the holders, investors, and people that bought the NFT and hold them. They, by holding them, have access to a channel in our Discord that we do a call every other week where it is a board meeting call and we bridge the gap between the community and us and we get everyone on the same page. We share ideas. We talk about the brand. We're open to feedback and we want it to be a very collaborative process. And that, to me, is the power of Web3 and blockchain technology. We give every investor and holder a seat at the table and a voice. Yeah. And it was so fun to do. And during our hideout huddle, we announced soft staking points. And so we have a soft staking system where you can gather points for doing various things like either joining us on our Twitter spaces, joining us in the hideout huddle, um, launching your own Twitter spaces for the community, or just being active in our Discord. And we'll have some really cool rewards. And we have more information on it on Discord if you guys are really interested in the NFT side of our... And this is what I think people... I would love for people to understand, again, the value of Web3 and the blockchain technology is if you think about a brand like Starbucks, they have, they have done so much as far as building out incredible rewards that consumers want to use by buying drinks you get points you get to redeem those points for coffee or for whatever you want that's essentially what this is in the same exact way where you by holding one of our nfts you're collecting points every day that you're holding it on top of that we have a way to give points to people who are showing up and who are engaging and are involved in our other initiatives. And that is the best way to not only incentivize people that support your brand, but empower them and reward them and give them points or a coin or something that they're accumulating that they can then use that to redeem it for something of value. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're launching a marketplace where you can redeem points. You get those points by holding that's just one of the value it adds and benefits. Merch, it could pay for a free mint. It could pay for another NFT with other it could companies be, or collaborations absolutely. we work with. So super exciting news. But we have a Rotten Roundup. We are doing a segment called Rotten Roundup. This entails not just am I rotten, but rotten confessions, 
rotten advice, anything rotten related, and it's always user submitted. So if you guys haven't checked out the Google form down below, let us know if you want any advice or you just want to tell us a big secret you've been hiding anonymously, of course, or you just want to, you know, know what our thoughts are on the situation you are currently in. Am I rotten for throwing my drink at my boyfriend because he was talking to other girls at a club? So my ex and I got into a huge fight during my 30th birthday weekend in Vegas, where he screamed at me loud enough for my friends to hear in the next hotel room, violently broke a painting in our hotel room, threw some chairs around, broke up with me, walked out on me, took a flight back home, and then proceeded to block me on all social media. Oh. <laughs> all of this happened because he was talking to and paying attention to other girls at the day club instead of me. So I ended up throwing my water cup at the back of his head, not even in his face, because I was so angry. For some more context into my ex in this relationship, we started off in a friends with benefits situation, but it got complicated when I started developing feelings. So I called it off and we remained friends. He then brought two girls with him to New Year's Eve that year and kissed one of them right in front of me. We didn't talk for two months after that, but we got back together eventually. He revealed to me later on when we became official that I wasn't the only friends with benefit he had. He was messing with his ex, another college friend, and some other random girls the entire time he was in that situationship with me. Taking all of this into consideration, am I the rotten one for reacting the way I did in Vegas? Or is he just a shitty person and I dodged a bullet? Please let me know. Would love to hear your insights. Interesting. There's a lot of layers to this. Yeah. This is like a little peeled onion. I'm going to start by saying, if the roles were reversed, no one would ever be okay if a male threw a drink at a girl's face or the back of her head, let alone a cup. So it wasn't just a drink. It was like the actual cup. Not okay. Sorry to say. Just, I love Definitely you. Definitely not okay. Thank you for submitting. I love that you submitted. I love that you're watching the podcast, but like, that is not okay. I want to know more. I, I wish I knew more about these because I, know. I want to know what led to like, this exact moment. Was he flirting? Yeah. What was he doing? Was he just talking? If he was just talking and being a little like flirty, I mean, you're out in a, you know, what is flirting? Yeah. You know, we need to, like, we need to define what that is. That is such an open-ended gray area for most couples, for most people to talk about is laughing, talking, flirting. The answer is- I think is, to me, flirting is like touching arms and stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That to me is like, oh, that's a little weird. Yeah. Unless like if you and me were to do that, I wouldn't think twice about it. But I guess it would, it, it matters on like the situation. So yeah. it's hard to say, would there be a time you would I would never throw a drink at you. I'm trying to think of the exact circumstance. What if I hit you first and then you threw a drink at me? Would yeah. you do that? Okay. If you, you hit me and like all I, I did was, you. if you slapped me and I threw a drink at you, it would probably just be like a, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't wind up and throw it from yeah, across the room. That's what I want to know. But maybe it was a, if, for example, if you slap me and my immediate reaction was just be like, what the hell? You know, and I throw yeah. the drink, it would maybe be just a reaction in that way. But I would never wind up and throw a drink or like, was it like a upper hand or a lower hand throw? Because those are different. Yeah, I'm just going to go out and say, I always think that there's a better way to handle your emotions. Yes. And reacting is never a good productive way of dealing with any situation. I think being reactive 
there's nothing good that comes of it. So I, I think he was in the wrong for giving another girl at a club attention that she did not know. Because it sounds like it wasn't one of her friends. It was like completely random strangers. Some random person. Yeah. Which, not okay. And... So not, it's not okay to talk to new people. Well, okay. So that's what I'm trying to say now, is that it is a gray area that is not really defined by people. And I think it, we need to talk more about that again, because it, it's so, but bla- no, it's that's not why black she gave and us, white. No, this is why she gave us context because he actually kissed another girl in front of her once at New Year's Eve. So does that so she mean she clearly that has this, like she clearly has this like insecurity with him, with other girls. Cause he cheated on her in a situation ship, like not technically, but like yeah. was fucking other girls while they were, like, while she had true feelings for him, which is why they stopped talking for two months. Then he decided to take her and another girl to New Year's Eve at the exact same time and then kissed that other girl in front of her. So she clearly has these like, um, like insecurities or jealousy. I don't think it's insecurities. I think it's, she seems like, it seems like she chose the wrong guy because what, you know, if you're going to end up dating a guy that did that to you, it's most likely in some way, shape, or form going to happen again if that was the behavior yeah. If it started that, that way, you. it's not going to change. Yeah. I always believe that. The way that things start are usually how they end also. I mean, look at Tristan Thompson and yeah. <laughs> Khloe Kardashian. So, yeah, I, I definitely think I think both of them are rotten eggs in the situation. I'll be upfront and honest um, because she shouldn't have thrown a drink, but he shouldn't have paid attention to other girls and he could have not been the rotten egg if it it was left at that but then after that entire situation i'm gonna say i'm gonna go out and cut you off and say that she's not rotten i would say he is because of his reaction was so strong and severe for example if you threw a drink at me for that i'd be like what the fuck and i would be so pissed but i would be like you wouldn't tear apart i wouldn't tear apart a hotel room or leave you know what i'm actually gonna take mine back because i just realized we have it's not just rotten, it's spoiled. So I think she's spoiled and he's rotten in the situation. Okay. Just because I, if the roles were reversed, and this is the only way I would ever think it, and I know females and males are different, but I always like to be fair gender-wise and try to be as gender-neutral as possible. If you throw a drink at me, or if her boyfriend threw a drink drink at her for talking to other guys... Like, imagine if I did that to you. I'd be fucking pissed. So You like, would do what he did. You would throw, break a painting, and fly home. Do you think I throw shit around? No, I couldn't see you doing that. But you would definitely be like, I'm I'd gone. be screaming. You'd be screaming, and you would leave. I would sure. definitely leave. I wouldn't do anything physical, though, just because yeah. I'm too weak. But also, like, that's not how I show my anger. When I'm angry, I <laughs> actually get really either loud or, like, everything is It's scary. It's actually scary how I get angry. It's like I either just am so calm that it's like, or I'm so loud. Either or. And there's not there's not much in between. But there is nothing physical that happens. I don't fucking slam doors or run. You around. have slammed a door for sure. You mean slammed a door when I try to get away from you? Yeah. You've slammed a door, not trying Matt to Matt loves from to me. chase me when I'm trying to get away from him because I physically and we learned a lot about this in couples therapy, and it's something that I haven't openly talked about because it's really uncomfortable. But like there I have childhood trauma. And I need to physically remove myself from a situation because I have this like anxiety of I don't know what of either getting physically assaulted or verbally abused. So I just need to physically get away from people so I don't have those reactions because I was used to that as a kid. And so 
as I've grown up, it triggers you. It triggers yeah. me. And that's what I've had to learn too, is to give you space in those moments because I'm someone that wants to just fix mm-hmm. and move forward and repair and do things on the spot yeah, and not have things linger. And uh, I'm not someone who necessarily needs space at all to really process my emotions, but depends on the yeah. situation. But in an argument, I don't need space and time to really think and gather my thoughts. So everything you say is what you mean? <laughs> no, which is why sometimes I say that I don't say the right things because it's coming out informing it in the moment. Yeah, you're not you know thinking what I mean? about it. Yeah. So there are benefits on both sides. It's just people are different. You yeah. know, we handle things differently and we have to learn each other's tr- triggers and traumas and help each other through that, you know, yeah. because it's your job is to work on it, right? Yeah. You have to work on your childhood trauma, but being a loving partner I have to work on understanding what those triggers and traumas are in helping you navigate through that. And there is a balance where, hey, it's not fair if I have to do all this work because you haven't done the work on your trauma, but it isn't black and white either because you have to love and understand who someone is and, you know, treat people differently. Yeah, I love that. And to end this little segment, I will say I think she did dodge a bullet because if you can get that reactive, yeah, um, that's really scary. Um, he literally physically assaulted the hotel room, not her, but the hotel room. And it w- could probably escalate if she stayed with him. And I don't want to assume that. I'm yeah. hoping this is like a one-off, like random chance that this happened, but... Um, I think you guys were never meant to be in this situation. The way you guys started and the way you ended has been so toxic, it sounds like, that I'm glad the situation happened yeah. so you can realize that you can spend the rest of your life living a nice singles 30. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't agree that she's spoiled. You know, okay, you called her a spoiled fine. egg or whatever. Um spoiled yeah, spoiled, not really. I think throwing a drink at someone's not a huge deal. It's definitely not a good way to handle something, but <laughs> this guy yeah. sounds like he deserves it. He sounds like a total dick. Yeah. And he proved to be. He yeah. proved to be a total he douche. He kissed a girl in front of her. Total douche alert. So you dodged Openly that. Openly admitted, and it sounds like he admitted that he fucked other girls without feeling bad about it. Like, yeah, I was fucking other girls while we were Sounds like, like a fuck boy. Yeah, exactly. So. You fuck around with the fuck boy, you get fucked. Fuck around, find, find out. out. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is the end of the Rotten Roundup. So make sure to submit any Rotten Roundups down below. We'll have a Google form for you guys. These are so fun for us. It's one of my favorite times in our podcast Um, i love it it's so fun and uh everyone out there thank you for listening tuning in make sure to like subscribe comment share rate the podcast (laughs) every way you can engage means a lot and for all those people out there we are ending january soon so stay on your goals find your systems and um let's crush it let's Let's have a good week great year all right i love it okay bye guys Bye. Bye. Say bye. Bye.